in a world where jobs are how most people make money. One man, one desire, one challenge dares to break the mold. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where we don't work for money. Money works for us. Coming soon, viewer discretion advised. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manacero. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. I'm your host, Bill Manacero, and this is the show where 50 plusers and anyone else who wants to join us get solid, no sales pitch real estate investing advice to help generate real cash flow. This podcast airs twice weekly on Mondays and Fridays, and if you aren't already a subscriber, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, type in Old Dogs, spelled D A W G S, find our podcast, and subscribe. Well, we have a great show for you uh, today. I'm, I'm really excited about it because this is an area that's very close to home for me um, in that uh, uh, those of you that are listening to the show for any amount of time know that I'm, I'm very interested in uh, senior living and assisted living. And, um, and I think it's also a great area for investors to get involved, too. So um, our guest here today is uh, Chuck Bongiovanni, and uh, he is a certified franchise executive and the founder of Care Patrol Franchise Systems, the largest franchised senior placement company in the nation with over 150 offices. He is currently CEO and co-founder of Majestic Residences Franchise System, a senior residential care home franchise. Well, Chuck, welcome to the Old Dogs RHI Network. Well, it's great to be here, Bill. Uh, well, I, I always like to have another uh, Italian, you know, guest. It's uh, you know, I think we really are just uh, you know kind of kept out of a lot of places. So it's uh, you know good when we get together and uh, <laughs> you know there's 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 three Italians that live in Arizona and they keep us on eight hour shifts. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Well, you, this is a very uh, intriguing for me. You know, I've talked to people that have, um, well, Gene Gorino, our, our, our dear friend who, um, mm -hmm. who passed away recently. And he was one that kind of introduced me to the, the residential. Now, both, both of my folks, um, had, as I mentioned off the air, have had, uh, you know, were, were in uh, residential um, facilities and, uh, you know, in, in a, 
in a house, you know, in a neighborhood type thing. And uh, really, it was wonderful for them. And uh, later on, I got involved with the uh, ground up uh, senior facilities. And um, but I, I hadn't seen a franchise of this, which seems absolutely amazing. Um, so I do I want to hear about it. But first, you know, just give us a little bit more about yourself and, you know, where you're from and, and how you even got into this area. Sure. I was born and raised in Rochester, New York, you know, where 98% of the population is Italian. I went to college in uh, Colorado State University, and then I transferred to uh, Arizona State University uh, via a map, uh, a six-pack of beer, and a dart, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um I got a, a BA in psychology there and, and two master's degrees, one's in um, social work and one an MBA in, in marketing. And, uh, you know, I got into this industry during college, actually. I was a certified nurse's assistant uh, in a nursing home. And many, many years ago, back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, um, <laughs> some, anyone could go into a nursing home. And the nursing home was actually the assisted living back in the day. And so we had we had a lot of seniors that were um, very capable of doing things um, th themselves. And so after graduating from, from college, uh, I, I started uh, Care Patrol, which is, again, a, a company that, that helps families find these places, kind of like a real estate agent in many ways. Um, stayed on with them. We were purchased by uh, private equity, and I stayed on for a couple of years. And then I started Majestic Residences, um, which is, like you said, a residential care um, franchise. Well, fascinating. Why don't you explain exactly what that what that is and, sure. and what it entails? Sure. So, um, you know, we, we've all driven past the large assisted living places, uh, Brookdale, Sunrise, Atria, as the name of a few of them. Uh, and so we've all drove, driven by the real big ones. There are many, many, many more, about 30,000 across the nation of smaller residential care homes, which are actually, the best way to describe it is assisted living, but in a small home. So these are located, again, throughout the nation in actual residential assisted, or I'm sorry, residential neighborhoods. So you could probably have one next door to you and you wouldn't know it. Matter of fact, years ago, I placed someone into a home that was literally next door to the kid's house, uh, kid's home. Um, it was pretty strange. But these are uh, six to 16 uh, residents per home. Um, we don't have to worry about HOAs because of a, a little law, the, the Federal Fair Housing Act. And so someone would take a residential care home, I mean, sorry, <laughs> a residential home, and we would help them get licensed um, through their state for either six residents or, again, up to 16, depending on your state. So we help them get licensed, teach them the operations, marketing, branding, and all those kinds of things all wrapped into one. Got it. Got it. So um, now for a, a person that's an investor, um, what um, – you know, now how does the how does that that work on the franchise as well? Are you you know trying to find um, you know an actual house that could be converted in, and uh, that's part of your process? And or and and how involved is the investor on that side? Right, kind of like um, in some ways uh, the McDonald's and how they got um, pretty famous, and how everyone in the investors and in them got pretty rich. Um, we are looking for people that would buy uh, the residential home that would make a good 
residential care home and then lease it to our franchisees. Uh, and this could be done anywhere in the nation. We're looking for usually, you know, ranch style homes, one level home. Um, and you'll be surprised if, if it's a four bedroom or five bedroom home, we can usually convert the garage into two, sometimes three more bedrooms. Um, and so there's ways of, of getting eight, ten, uh, eight, ten residents into a home without it feeling cramped at all. Wow, that's great. Now, aren't there various states have limits on the, the number of actual rooms that you can have, or residents you can have in one of those facilities? Correct, uh, unless it's commercial property. In the residential side, some states like California limit to six. Um, other states like Texas is 16. Um, Arizona here is uh, 10 beds. So each state is different, uh, allowing the number of residences that could be in a residential assisted living home. So the, the investor purchases the property. I mean, that's their sort of main main role, right? Correct, right. And then you have an operator, or I don't know what you call them, the, the person that actually is going to run the business uh, to actually find residents, uh, maintain it, uh, oversee staff, all of all of those types of things, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's the best thing. So the great thing about it is our franchisees or, or operators want to make sure that the home is always in quality form. So the, the landlord doesn't have to worry about um, things being broken in the home or landscaping, you know, having a problem with that because they want to make sure that every family who tours the home uh, chooses them. So they want to make sure it's it's well kept and it, it, it maintains a really high quality. So, you know, a lot of times investors will buy a home and they'll lease it out to a family and who knows what happens. They leave in the middle of the night, they take the refrigerator, they put holes in the walls. That won't happen with, with our franchisees because they need to maintain that top appearance. Got it. Got it. Now the, the franchisee, the, the, you say they lease um, the, the facility. Uh, what, what, what does that entail? Yeah, usually, um, of course, everything's negotiable, but usually it's a triple net lease, mm -hmm. five years, because our, our agreement, our franchise agreement is five years, which is renewable. Um, and we're, we're seeing leases right now at about 1%. So if you purchase the home for $600,000, they're paying rent or leasing it for uh, for $6,000 uh, per month. Again, it's all negotiable. Um, you know, usually what we ask is that the investor uh, has a set, price lease in the very beginning um, until they get the home gets licensed and then raise it a little bit for the next three months after their license so they can wrap up and start receiving a residence and then on month four get up to the point to the maybe that one percent or so got it so the the person that's buying the home you're referring to as the landlord is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, my, that's terminology. <laughs> yeah. Sure. No. I just I just want to get yeah get a, a kind of handle on on that. So that so the landlord, for example, um, they they buy this facility. Do they have any say who the franchisee will be, or is that uh, what your company does? They kind of screen and find those franchisees. Yeah, we we vet them very very well because you know we want to make sure that anyone that we award a franchise to. And I noticed I said the word award, not someone who purchases a franchise. Right. You can't really purchase a franchise to us. You have to be uh, awarded it. So we have a long vetting system. 
to make sure that the person that we award a uh, franchise to will be successful. And of course, we're going to make the introductions. And if the landlord, if the landlord or the investor doesn't feel comfortable, that's fine too. We want to make sure that everyone is comfortable with each other and it's a win-win situation. Yeah, I would think that the landlord looking from uh, you know as a landlord and and having rented out properties and so forth uh, that uh, you know would really want to feel comfortable with that with that person probably would want somebody with some experience having done it before maybe they have other facilities uh, in addition to the one you know the one that that I may be selling well it could be or or you know a lot of our franchisees um, don't have that experience, but that's where the franchise system comes in. You know, it's kind of like a business in a box. We 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 have all the software to run the company, all the expertise to run the company, and they're working with us almost on a daily basis uh, for their business. So they don't necessarily need that um, experience or have another home because a lot of our franchisees will lease their first home and then they'll purchase home three, four, and five and, and such. Got it. Got it. With that experience, you know, it sounds like, you know, if you're a franchise, you know, it's like a franchise. I mean, you've probably got a manual that, you know, that they have mm-hmm. to stick to. And, and that has um, guidance, I would assume, on hiring staff and, uh, uh, you know, what they have to do to maintain the facility. Um, is that pretty comprehensive? Yeah, there's policies on how to open the front door. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, a very extensive uh, policies, procedures. Um, you know, weekly meetings. We oversee all of the uh, all the data that they they bring in financial and other and other sorts also. So we're very very involved uh, with our franchisees for their success. And what would and I know it's kind of varied. I guess depending on the size of the the uh, the home in terms of how many uh, residents they could have. What sort of a typical staff for um, you know maybe a five bedroom, six bedroom uh, home? Sure. Usually in the bigger homes like that, we're going to have two staff during the day, two in the evening, and usually one at night. And the one at night is is uh, awake night staff. So no one's sleeping in the home. They're awake, listening to anything that, any noises and anyone up in the middle of the night, those kinds of things. So there's usually two staff. And, and every home has an administrator or manager um, who is certified or licensed, depending on the state, and him or her are the people who actually, you know, run the business per se. Most of our franchisees are not that manager. Most of our franchisees um, are in business so they can run multiple homes. So that manager in place is really important to run the actual home itself. Got it. Got it. Is the admin person on site then you know, at least, you know, five days a week or something? Yeah, and uh, you know, unless they own um, like three homes, we have one of our franchisees that owns four homes actually, and she spends her time just driving from home to home to home, um, checking in on things and and you know pitching in when needed. And the staff you're talking about, these are caregivers, right? Um, Correct. They're either depending again depending on the state, they're either certified or they're licensed, and they're at the caregiver caregiver level, they're not nurses. Uh, they don't need to be um, according to the regulations. Gotcha. And um, the the administrative person handles, I would assume, you know, the cutting of the lawn, keeping the, you know landscaping together, mm-hmm. um, and uh, is now cleaning. Is that being done by the, um, the caregivers, or do you have separate cleaners that come in? 
it's usually done by the caregivers. Normally, that person who works overnight because they need a lot of things to do when the residents are sleeping. So they do a lot of the, those cleaning and cooking uh, and those kinds of things. But yes, the, the administrator is in charge of hiring people to do landscaping and any kind of repairs that the home may need. Gotcha. So let's let's talk numbers here. Um, what and I know it, you, you do this all over the country, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, we do it internationally. We just uh, in the process of opening a home in, in the Dominican Republic right now. Wow, that's that's amazing. You know, I know that home prices are going to range, <laughs> you know, yeah. depending on where you are. Um, but let's say somebody wants to get started. Um, now, does the landlord? generally live close to their, you know, the, the, the facility that they buy, or does it even matter? They can, but some of the investors or landlords that we have, um, I mean, they're just telling us, you know, you, you let me know where your next franchisee is going to be and we'll buy a home. So they don't necessarily have to. So let's say someone contacts you and they say, you know, I'm interested in this in landlording. And um, do you have homes that are available that uh, they could just boom that are already retrofit and ready to go, um, or or do you begin sort of a home search that's looking for a conversion? Yeah, most of the time we do a search. You know, our franchisee is the one out there looking at homes. So once a franchisee finds one or two homes. Uh, that they're interested in. That's when we'll connect them with the investor uh, to make some decisions there. Sometimes we find homes that um, were residential care homes or are residential care homes that are looking to get out of the business and the franchisee, you know, has the money to buy the business portion, but doesn't have the money to, to purchase the home. So there's multiple ways of looking at this. Okay. Um, give me just, again, just a, a recognizing that it's going to vary from, from, you know, city to city and state to state or country to country. Or, you just kind of give me an idea of what, what the typical transaction is financially. And, sure. and you know, give, you can give me a ballpark, you know, for the amounts and so forth. So let's say, you know, let me use the example of, again, the $600,000 home. Let's say it's a five-bedroom home. Um, usually again, we can convert the garage into two or three rooms. So now we have, uh, enough for, uh, eight people. The master bedroom is usually uh, semi-private, maybe husband, wife, or, or two women or two men. So, you know, now we're up to, what did I say? Three, now we're up to nine. Um, and there's usually one room in every home. That's just, I call it a waste of space. So there's, there's ways we can create, uh, another room or so on the, on the home too. And then, you know, uh, even after the lease is over, um, we can always convert the garage, uh, back into a garage. So usually on those, you know, $600,000 home, um, rent, uh, triple, triple net, about 6,000 a month or so. Uh, again, it, it could be lower, it could be a little higher, but that's usually the average is about that 1%, um, of the, of the purchase price. And are the, the landlords, you know, uh, paying cash? Are they financing or doing both? Yeah, they're doing both for what I've seen so far. Gotcha. Now it's real interesting that when you told me that it's the franchisee that is really looking for the homes and then you kind of match that person after they find, you know, a home, potential homes with the landlord. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Cause they know what they're looking for. Um, so they're going to, uh, 
you know, search the area, look for, you know, different, a number of homes. And then um, we'll do a walkthrough via Zoom or something like that to get an idea what it looks like. Uh, and then we'll make that connection. The franchisee leases from the the uh, landlord, is that correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. And so that, let's say you said uh, 5000 a month or whatever, um, if that was the uh, lease, um, is it would it be a, just a, the, the full on amount and then the landlord at that point, you know, applies it to um, the, the various expenses associated with owning the home, whether it's uh, property tax, insurance, um, uh, you know, if they have a mortgage payment and P&I and so forth. Okay, got it. Um, and the franchisee, what what are their fees in this? Um, I mean, they, they obviously will have the the monthly lease, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and and from what I understand, it's very common to have um, each resident, you know, paying five thousand a month. So if you have eight residents there, you know, that you know, one of them represents that lease payment, but you have, you right. know, all that other income in there yeah, too. Yeah, it, it, it's usually about um, 70%, usually 70% is is break even or so. Um, and that's 70% of a full home, right? Right. So, um, you know, your staffing is going to cost anywhere between 45 to 50% of your revenue, right? And then you have your your lease payment, you know, food, insurance, and those kinds of things. Um, but a home, once it's once it's full, let's say a 10-bed home, profitability is usually the last uh, three beds or so. Got it. And that, and that, of course, all goes to the franchisee, right? So the, the la- landlord really is just leasing a house at that point. Right. And, and what about the liability of the the landlord, um, you know, if something happens, um, does that, let's say they slip and they want to sue, you know, because, you know, the, they didn't, uh, you know, put salt, you know, in the, mm-hmm. in the driveway in the snow, you know, snow was outside or whatever. Um, uh, how is it? Because obviously the franchisee has insurance as well um, to protect him. But, you know, what, what's the role for the, uh, for the landlord there? Yeah, that's a great question. We haven't seen a, a landlord or investor ever be involved in a lawsuit because um, the franchisees have, have business insurance, which covers um, trips, falls, and those kinds of things on the home also. So, yeah, we've, we haven't seen anyone um, have any kind of situation where the investor or the landlord has been uh, named in any kind of, of, of the lawsuit. Gotcha. Yeah, they, they probably have like an umbrella policy or something, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, this is, sounds really, really intriguing. Now, let's say a landlord comes to you and and says, uh, "Hey, you know, I'm interested." At that point, are you you have to have a franchisee that maybe is looking at houses, um, or would what, what if a guy came in and said, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I want to buy the house," and you you find the franchisee? It it doesn't seem like it works that way, right? It could, it could. You know, if we had someone that say. You know, Dallas, Texas, uh, I have a home that I think will work or I want to buy this home or, you know, whatever the scenario is, we can start advertising directly in that city to say, hey, we have a franchise. If you're looking to start your residential assisted living home business and you're thinking about leasing, we have a home already ready for you. So it, it can work uh, both ways. Gotcha. Okay. 
Now, there may be people listening that may be interested in the franchise part of it there. Um, mm-hmm. Can you kind of explain what, um, you know, what they have to do and uh, what's the process to become a franchise? Sure. Um, well, they'd have to start at our website, which is www.discovermajesticresidences.com. Ton of information on there for both the uh, investor and the potential franchisee. Uh, they fill out a form that says "Start your journey," and then that's what happens. They start their journey. It's about a six to seven week process. We send them videos and emails. And then we have live meetings, uh, group meetings, individual meetings between myself and them. Um, they would, at some point, would get uh, what's called an FDD, which is a franchise disclosure document. We're overseen by the Federal Trade Commission, so. Um, we have to give disclosures, just like a real estate uh, investment where they have to give disclosures to a potential buyer. We have this, uh, 23 disclosures that we have to give to a potential franchisee. So they're going to re- receive that document, go over it. We have discussions about it, um, negotiate sometimes within it. Uh, and then they're allowed to talk to our current franchisees ask them questions, how are things going, is is everything happening like they told you it would, those kinds of things. And then we'll have a final interview, and um, if they uh, do well during the uh, due diligence process, we have testing also that we give them business skills, testing and such, then we'll award them the franchise, and then they just go out and start looking for a home to start their business. Great. Now, there's a, a franchise fee, I, I assume, Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, our franchise fee is uh, $49,500. Mm-hmm. And then we have an ongoing royalty fee of $6,000 per month. But the great thing about that is um, our homes tend to um, have rents, which is much higher than the average home around us. A lot of that has to do with our technology that we have in our homes, our systems we have in our homes that no other residential care home has. Give me an example. We have this technology pretty crazy bill it uses radio waves to determine whether an adult brief is wet or soiled and then it alerts the caregiver it's crazy yeah it alerts the caregiver immediately hey mrs jones has a a wet brief it documents what time uh it happened and documents what how long it took the caregiver to change it we wow yeah we use uh scent technology also um you know the human brain 75 percent of all of our emotions are linked to scents so we worked with some chemists and we said, you know, we want our residents in our home to always feel comfortable and secure. So they came up with a scent that stimulates that part of the brain. And um, sure enough, well, we have that in, in all of our homes. Um, and that's just, you know, we use virtual reality um, for, our, for our residents. You know, people in a wheelchair can now walk through a forest and pretty remarkable things. Hey, we even have robotic pets. With someone with dementia who maybe or Alzheimer's who who had a dog or cat for many, many years, you know, they may not understand how how you know how how they can you know, hug them without hurting them. And we don't want the animal hurting them, nor do we want uh, our resident hurting the animal. So we have these robotic pets that I'm telling you, um, our residents don't know the difference. They they bark, they purr, they roll over, they almost chase you if you don't play play with them enough. Um, <laughs> we have one resident in our Houston uh, in our Houston home. We actually had to buy her one just for her because she would not let it go, and she talks to it all day and she plays with it. And 
it, it's pretty crazy technology and and that we you know we have software just like the hospitals have and because of all of this we're we're able to charge um, about five hundred to fifteen hundred dollars more than the average home down the street so and that keeps our our homes full too okay that's great that's great what is the the sort of the the monthly a fee for uh, residents there, uh, you know, just on a range. Yeah, we're we're ranging right now between um, five thousand and seven thousand uh, per month. Wow! And, and you know, long term care insurance can pay for that also. Um, some of our homes do take um, Medicaid. It, it depends on you know the state and how much they're paying. Right. Oh, that's great. That's great, man. It's, it's just, it sounds very intriguing. When you you got into this area, uh, you know, was there um, you know some certain challenges that you faced? I'm sure you kind of learned through the process. Um, uh, what, what was what was some of the the sort of the mistakes that you kind of learned from early on? Well, <laughs> great question because uh, I always like to say I learned all the mistakes when I, in my first franchise system, and it was extremely. <laughs> So going the second time around, it's it, it's uh, I don't want to say easier, but it, the the is uh, cleared with a lot less uh, roadblocks. You know, I made all my mistakes at the beginning. You know, this one this one here is is unique because I've never dealt with with real estate before. So right now in the market, sometimes people are afraid to pull the trigger. They don't know, you know, do I pull the trigger now? Will homes be even more expensive a year from now? Will it be less expensive a year from now? Um, so that seems to be the the biggest thing right now is just what's going on in the market. And, you know, no one has a crystal ball in front of them. Right. Right. Um, and what, what, uh, things did you initiate uh, early on that, uh, ended up being really a, a key part of your success, something that you did that, uh, that worked out really well. Yeah, we started working with, you know, my late partner, Gene, um, has a company called residential assisted living Academy and, and they help people, you know, open their homes, uh, get them licensed and such. So, you know, when, when we partnered with them, they had a lot of students initially um, from day one that said, hey, um, I, I went through the courses, they were great, and now I'm going, now what? And we were kind of the solution to the now what? Um, so we were able to, to start off the franchise with a good number of interested people um, who had some experience. I mean, they had the quote-unquote classroom experience, uh, and we didn't have to do that part of the training for them. So, um, and we still w- work with a lot of the of the Rala uh, students. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, um, you know, our audience are folks that, uh, as I mentioned, they're they're you know fifty years of age and older. Some are already working, but they're preparing for retirement. They may be looking at their uh, projected income and inflation and all the other things going on in the economy, and they're and they're concerned, and they they want to know that they're going to be able to you know, do that retirement, or maybe they're already in retirement right now, and they're looking mm-hmm. at ways to supplement their income and to maybe grow their nest egg while, you know, while they're retired. And, you know, what kind of advice would you have for those folks maybe looking at senior living as a, as a potential investment? Yeah, I think it's a solid cash flow. I mean, especially with us being being a franchise and being able to support our franchisees for the long run. Um you know, we, uh, our brand only succeeds when our franchisees succeed. So we do everything, you know, everything under the sun to make sure that they succeed. Uh, and again, so I think that 
uh, a five-year agreement, you know, will we'll turn into a 10-year or 15-year agreement um, later on. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a good long-term cash flow um, possibility for any of your listeners out there to uh, enhance their income, uh, you know, as they get older. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You mentioned, you know, a few things um, uh, in the materials that I got that were very interesting, too. You mentioned something about a saving 50% on loan fees by converting real estate into a business. Do you want to just touch on that? And uh, how, how would the uh, the landlord uh, be able to benefit in that way? Um, that would be if the landlord decided to work the business also, um, and they can work through the SBA for uh, those kind of advantages. I see. So that'd be like qualifying for SBA uh, financing. Correct. Got it. And um, you just, you know, just you missed the thing too. I thought it was real unique too, because, you know, I think one of the things, and, and I've looked at this area for, for, for a number of years and, yeah, the big concern was getting the the residents, and uh, how do you how do you do that? And um, and once you you know somebody has an interest, how, how do you kind of nail it down or close on that um, so that you know they they will will get in? It sounds like that's an area you specialize in as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question because a lot of people do have that question. Well. Um, you know, I've been in that industry for 33 years uh, in the senior placement industry. Again, that's when, you know, we work with families to show them different homes like a real estate agent. Um, also, the founding president of the National Placement and Referral Alliance, which is the trade association for all placement agents. So I know about six to eight hundred of them uh, in any, you know, in any any one area where we open a home, I know agents in that area that can assist. Um, we also handle all of the uh, SEO marketing for our franchisees. Um, and, you know, not a lot of residential care homes know how to work the internet. So we have a really strong advantage uh, from day one uh, with that also. Filling the homes doesn't seem to be an issue for us. You know, every home that we have, right now that's been with us for more than three months. I think our, we're at 97% uh, occupancy right now. Wow, that's impressive, yeah. Man, are you involved in the marketing aspect of that uh, as well? I mean, getting the, the word out to people in that community that, that this home exists? Oh yeah, absolutely. We have a grand opening for every home where we invite professionals uh, we just did one in uh, the Dominican Republic for that home out there. We had 53 doctors show up on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, my which is goodness. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, when you think about it, I know. Uh, you know, other other openings we had, about 35 people in our Houston home. We opened that about a month ago. Um, so we get the word out and just let them know. And there's a lot of excitement when we open because we talk about our technology. And a lot of those healthcare professionals want to see, see you know, new things, new and improved things. Hmm, that's great. That's great. Wow. Well, um, anything else that uh, yeah I might not have addressed that you, you think uh, our listeners should know? Yeah, and if they have any questions, just go to uh, you know www.discovermajesticresidences.com. Either fill out that form because there is a a part where you can um, we can check that you're an investor, potential investor, or just go on the website, give Shannon a call. It's eight seven 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 nine one six. That's oh. the number. <laughs> That's pretty good. This has been great having you on. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of great information here for the folks that are, 
you may be interested in either side as a landlord or uh, you know a franchisee. Um, I think the franchisee it seems like it'd be a little bit more labor intensive than than just being the landlord, but uh, yeah. um, it definitely uh, sounds like it could be real lucrative too. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's been a pleasure. I feel like I've been talking to an old Paisan friend for you know for years. Here. Yeah, same here, same here. It's a great great chatting with you. You know, we have this tradition though on here. It, 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 uh, we're called the Old Dogs REI Network, and so we always have our guests close us out with their best old hound dog howl. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you can do this. You know, I know you can do this. So uh, whenever you're ready, just Go for it. Okay, here we go. Oh! All right, that was great. That was great. (laughs) Well, Chuck, this has been fantastic having you on, and uh, thank you for for sharing this great, great information. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Oh, pleasure's all ours. And I also want to thank all our old dog listeners out there, too, for joining us. I know there's a lot of other things you could be doing right now, but the fact that you've taken the time to join us means a lot, and we really appreciate it. Please note everything that Chuck talked about today will be outlined in detail with links on our show notes, our detailed show notes on the Old Dogs website at olddogsreinetwork.com forward slash blog. And you're going to look for the episode with Chuck Bongiovanni. Well, uh, that's it for today. Remember, cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.